Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of the Free Agents podcast. My name is Matt, and I'm joined by Brandon Andrew, and we are excited to talk to you about a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff has happened since episode one, namely being we are officially undrafted free agents. We have uh, entered the unemployment workforce and have graduated from New York University. So if you're listening to this, please clap at the same time because, you know, our achievement needs to be properly recognized. Speaking about that, the graduation ceremonies were quite interesting this year, to say the least. Uh, I think that Zoom is not the greatest platform for large social gatherings. Um, I can start on my perspective. Uh, It felt a little bit weird to be graduating on my couch. Um, In the edited clips version, if there's a clip here, I'm going to be inserting a picture around here of myself on the couch graduating because it's quite a funny image. But certainly an interesting time. There were some very cringe moments of the ceremony. I can talk about them if they're not brought up by uh, either Andrew or Brandon. But those are my thoughts. I think that it would have been nice to have a little, you know, more of a pat on the back. But I'm incredibly vain. So maybe <laughs> I am unique in thinking that. But no, I don't think you're alone in that. Don't we? No, you're definitely not. I so. mean, like, here's the thing, right? For for Brandon and I, it was pretty early in the morning because, like, the first one happened. What was it 9 a.m. our time? Something like that. Uh, I think it, I think it was yeah. NYU was 11. It was 8 a.m. Then. then. So that's pretty early already. And then they had like like I get the tradition of like the bagpipes, but bagpipes blaring through my computer screen or my computer at like full volume at 8 a.m. was not a morning? not a good it way was, to wake up, rough. dude. It was rough. But then the other one, we had the we had two, right? Because we have like the full ceremony, like the NYU one, and then we had like the SPS one. But the SPS one was at five, no, was it five a.m.? Six a.m. Because it was nine o'clock. It was nine o'clock. Yeah. Six. I woke up at five a.m. for it. Again, just not a happy time. Like I, I understand like it's on New York time, but man, it was rough if you're on the West Coast. It's so yeah, did you even wake up for that, Brandon? I did not wake up for that one. And actually yeah, the first one that was at 8 a.m. I had an alarm set for 7:55 a.m. Just woke up, did it in bed, just had my computer screen open right next to me. And I just heard bagpipes for 10 minutes in the morning <laughs> and, you know, just contemplated, why did I even wake up for this? So well, I slept. You definitely couldn't go back to sleep. Yeah. You oh, could definitely no. couldn't go back to sleep after the bagpipes. I mean, also, do we know the significance of bagpipes for New York university? Uh, I personally don't. I think that I the telling example was that my dad, who also went to NYU had, had no idea that this had no idea. <laughs> So either this is like a new Zoom only thing or it's like been it's been a thing. It's just you forget about it because you're too busy getting lit with the homies at yeah. graduation. So I think another reason why we're pointing out all the like weird things that happen is because it's very easy to point them out when you're like not overtly focused on anything else. You're just yeah, like definitely. staring at a TV in your living room or, you know, on your, you know, in Brandon's case, in bed, staring in bed, at your laptop. Yeah. Like That's you would fair. be doing, you know, a Zoom class. Um, but again, the whole point, we are undrafted free agents, hence the name of the of the pod. We are excited to continue to look for our next team, you know, get a contract from someone. But until then, 
We have been undrafted officially. We have been undrafted. We are. There's plenty of good undrafted Exactly. Plenty of undrafted talent. So we believe <laughs> exactly. we can be the, you know, the steal of the draft. Um, hey, man, all we need is an opportunity. You know? Exactly. Starter One goes shot. down. Starter goes down. We get signed to injured. Like, we get signed as, like, a backup to the backup. Attended. You never know what happens. Yeah, just just exactly. practice team even at first, you know? Yeah, practice squad. That's what a, that's what an intern is, right? That's essentially practice what squad? the internship is. It's a practice squad. <laughs> it's a 10-day I mean, contract. They get paid around the same too. So I think that that's actually a pretty good analogy where it's next yeah, to nothing. But I don't know many interns that, at least I was familiar with, that were operating out of the trunks of their car, which a lot of practice squad <laughs> players have to do. So it's uh, true. We will be employed. I am manifesting that. All right. Moving swiftly on to the exciting action of the fireable offense of the NBA play-in that we discussed at length <laughs> yeah. in the first episode. <laughs> to start, I don't think that guy is getting fired. I think he's getting promoted. Definitely He's probably getting promoted at the end of he all of this. 100% deserves a raise. Judging like, by the ratings, judging by the reaction, people yeah. crave elimination games. And all the play-in did was create at least four elimination games with two of the most high profile teams in the league, you know? Yeah. What's that to say that the Warriors or Lakers would be in the play in next year. And it wouldn't just be, you know, Grizzlies, Mavs and Spurs Pelicans, because then right. you could argue the play in is a little bit, you know, all right, who wants to watch those teams, but the ratings were encouraging. What was also encouraging was the actual games themselves. Uh, well, they were good will, games. They were yes, yeah. But I will also have yeah. to say, if you listen to the first episode, I made four out of four correct <laughs> picks. That's true. You did do that. And we are going to keep a running tally now, and I am. I'm fifty percent. Yeah, I'm fifty percent. I was two for seventy-five percent. So, know? so what we were we are learning here so far. Listen to Matt. Maybe listen to Brandon. Just ignore everything I say on this podcast. That's, Whoa, you you still got half of them right. Like, I did get half of them right. I did. Here's here's what I'll say though, right? Because I always like to see like a good upset or whatever. The play-in so far has really just been the same order as the teams that were coming in to the playoff, anyways. Like, it, yeah, that there hasn't been any upsets. True. So if the Warriors win tonight. I mean, I the, my point before about having four playoff games, like it's too much. Just put two against two yeah. because at what we've seen here is like the the standings are pretty much what we thought they would be. So that's well, true. They, they would I mean, be exactly do you think the there's same. any impact to having fans there? Because the home team has won every single game so far. Oh, I or definitely think home think team seating wise, oh, yeah. they are the better teams too. I think I think it definitely takes into account like home team or like home court advantage, but like I don't know. I, from what we've seen, like the teams that won, they've been the better team. So I think the only the only one that you can maybe argue was like the Lakers Warriors game that came down to that ridiculous LeBron three that he hit. Um, but like and some very very some questionable very flops. <laughs> well, not even flops. It was the should have been a flagrant on Jamie. The referee stats yeah. <laughs> where the Warriors were one and fourteen when officiated by that certain referee crew, and Lakers were ten and zero. And if you look at the crew yes. for tonight, the Warriors Grizzlies, it's almost the same direction with the with the Warriors, where I think they're like eleven and one with Scott Foster, who's the ref for tonight. So 
it seems like the NBA is now reverted back to the, you know, we need to let's get these guys into the playoffs. Um, yeah. Which, you know, I can understand because I don't think people want to see what it would have been Memphis and San Antonio, or yeah. you would have to put, you would put the Lakers in a position where they would just not make the playoffs at all. Yeah. Um, but the fact that it's like that egregious and like, you can look those numbers up is again, a little bit questionable to me uh, yeah. as someone who wants the Warriors to win. I'll let it slide. You know, all, all, <laughs> all is forgiven. If it's all good, win, it's all if good. They can win tonight. Um, exactly. The eighth but, seed. but the fact that like that even exists calls into questions, the legitimacy of, everything else because if they're willing to like just assign refs to games that will determine the outcome pretty much like if you're 0 and 10 or 10 and 0 and 14 and 1 and 14 like those are not like middle ground answers it's not like it was like 7 and 8 and 10 and 0 because that's okay variance whatever but this is like clear polar opposite splits like it's very obvious well it's like that it's like the thing you know like um on twitter there's that umpire um scorecard yeah Yeah. the report card that account i mean like if you're a baseball fan go follow that account because they're great but like it's it's one of those things where it's like it affects the game so much on how how it's umpired or officiated it's like almost ridiculous so i think that also has a factor in it other than just like home core advantage or if it's a better team but um i mean when jason tatum scores 50 points i mean i said (laughs) you can't you can't start Alex Len and <laughs> Daniel Gafford and Robin Lopez at center on purpose and expect to be Jason Tatum. And he scored 50. Yeah, that's true. Because all he had to do was beat his first defender and yeah. just take a layup every time. And he was, I mean, he was hitting threes, like he was hitting shots all over the place. But he was. The fact that I mean, he knew that he could blow by anyone he wanted. Like yeah. he got his confidence early yeah. and was just able to knock down everything he wanted. Well, it was that's like, like, it's amazing because like the team as a whole did not shoot that well. I mean, they shot 39%, but like only Tatum, Kemba had 29 and Thompson had 12 points. Tristan Thompson had 12 points. So those were the only ones in double digits. Like the fact that they were able to pull that off, just kind of like Jason Tatum's ridiculous. We all know that. And that's like, if anyone yeah. doubted him before that you shouldn't doubt yeah. him anymore, whether or not they'll beat Brooklyn in the playoffs uh in that knows? first round but that's gonna be that's gonna be fun to watch because you get to see Kyrie play in Boston for the first time in yeah. front of fans with the Nets big three all that's together cool. it's gonna be cool I think if if the Celtics want any chance that they're gonna need to give Tatum more help he's gonna need somebody else to step up other than you know well, giving him yeah I don't really know how much of a chance they have this year just with Brown's injury but that's true. for the future they're both still so young. If yeah. Kemba can be Kemba again, like it seems like if he can drop, you know, 29 in the play in, and then if he can maybe average over 20 a game, they just yeah. need like a couple of bench guys to step up every game and they can compete because yeah. at the end of the day, like the Nets defense is still very suspect. Well, and that, 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 those kindly. three, yeah, those three haven't played together a lot. So that's true. They're still, I mean, yeah. I still think they're trying to figure out like how they're going to make everything work. And just playing against the Wizards defense. I feel like that prepared them for that Nets defense too. The Swiss cheese that is. (laughs) The Swiss cheese defense. defense. Exactly. The the Olay defense. 
Well, it's just like if you're thinking about like the closing lineup for the Nets, because that's where I think these games are going to come down to. Like it's going to come down to like the last six minutes of the fourth quarter. Like who's going to get stops? And like, you know, of course, like KD, when he wants to play defense, he's quite good. But the only problem is he's going to be playing center for the most part in those closing lineups because you're going to, I, Blake is not a center. He can, you can put him at center and say, Oh, you want that he's playing backup center, but he's not a center, but he's not, he stands to the three point line and he's, you know, sadly bless his soul. Just, he doesn't have any knees anymore. (laughs) You know, he's just very, very injured. And I have a hard time believing that Jason Tatum is not just going to eat on whoever, again, it's, it's even worse than having Robin Lopez and Len because at least those dudes are tall. They can like yeah. stand and be a big body in the paint, but like Blake Griffin is not an intimidating body to have in the paint. You know, I would even argue that KD to an extent is not an intimidating body to have in the paint because he's tall, but he's a no. very lanky guy. So like Tatum can yeah. take that contact and go through it. So it's going to come down to those final six minutes, but I think the Nets could also like be up 20 going into those six minutes. So oh, like those don't matter. You know, they could yeah, win by 10 I mean. still. Yeah. Um, and it could come down to the fact that Kyrie, KD, and Harden are the three best isolation scorers in the league. You know, one of like three of the top five. I put Steph in yep. there, so I can't I can't say the top yeah. three. But <laughs> you know, it's just crazy that they're all on the same team. But I wanted that Russ, that Russ uh, revenge series. But the revenge series, to, yeah. not to be. Hey, but it's okay because the Celtics. uh, Well, the Celtics just have an easy, easy way to um, stop everyone. Just put Taco Fall in at center. Who are you going to match up with? Who 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 are you going to match him up with? You know, just just feed him the ball up top. Mike Breen calls him Taco Bell. So (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Oh man. Clyde was like, "Are you hungry, man?" And he was like, "Yeah, I need some Taco (laughs) Bell." Um, but I mean, again, like we got one more play in tonight and then we got the yeah. real the real offs starting i think in two days um yeah we're the warriors playing the grizzlies tonight so i mean we'll get ahead to that one it'll be a uh, dog fight for sure especially because I think dylan brooks is going to uh want his revenge because i think he, that he saw that the warriors bench was chirping him very hard when he fouled out because he was a menace the whole night. We, no one can deny yeah. the fact that he was, you know, hounding Steph. And Steph has a hard time with guys who are annoying, you know, the Pat Bevs of the world, because they just constantly foul him and they don't call it. But yeah, I think Dylan Brooks poses an interesting threat because he can also, like, kind of score a little bit. Like, if he doesn't come out of that game in the fourth when he fouls out, like, he had just scored – I think eight points in a row by himself. Yeah. So it's a very interesting like two-way scenario because like Pat Bev is not a scorer. All these other guys like usually aren't scorers. Tony Allen like was left unguarded, Draymond style. And that's why teams defenders against them. One, I mean, incredible defender, but just not Not useful on offense. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that'll be, I think, the matchup to watch, obviously. But another intriguing matchup to me is the the Looney versus uh, JV because, you know, Looney is a little center, you know, he's not a big man. Yeah. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas is a very big man. So if there can just get some box outs, so he doesn't get like 10 offensive rebounds, that's going to be the game right there. 
because they're just going to have, they're going to, the Warriors are going to have even amount of shots and they're going to make more of them. But the reason why the Grizzlies have been able to be successful is because they have guys like Valanciunas and Brandon Clark, who has been playing very well, but you know, even Tillman off the bench, they got these athletic, like young bigs who can snag boards. Yeah, I mean, Jaron Jackson Jr. too, you didn't mention. He's 6'11". But well, he's not really on the offensive glass. That's he's true. The That's true. So. He's taking a lot of right now. Against the, or in the Spurs Grizzly playing game, he had 23 points and 23 rebounds. So Double Jordan. Like, Double yep. Jordan. Be able. <laughs> well, true. the thing, Double Jordan. the thing, that's interesting for me about this game is like we've we've just seen the Warriors play the Grizzlies in the last in the last game of the season, right? So we've already gotten pretty much a preview of what this game will be. Um, but the against the Spurs, I think like the Spurs showed a lot of ways you can beat the Grizzlies, especially in three pointers and free throws percentage, which like that the Warriors were doomed in the second half of their Lakers game because they kept fouling. They got into serious foul trouble and they were turning the ball over a lot. But, like, against the Spurs, the Grizzlies were 31% from three-point range and 54% from free throw. That's abysmal from free throw. Like, yeah. the Warriors won't have Not to good. worry as much about free throws, like, when they're fouling. But, I mean, obviously, you don't want to foul them too much. But, like, in the first game, they were shooting – they shot 24% from three against the Warriors and 78% from free throw. So – you're not going to have to guard the three point line that much. They don't have a lot of shooters. So I think if they, you know, they can, if it's going to be a shootout, they're going to run the four. They're going to be fast paced. The Warriors are at least. So I think, I don't know. I see, I see a lot of problems for the Grizzlies in this matchup. Championship I mean, pedigree of Draymond and, and Curry, obviously. And that first just, half, half of the Lakers game just showed how good they could be. Well, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like the Grizzlies are still like very young. They're not incredibly yeah. talented. Like yeah. they have Ja and Jaron and JV and, you know, I'm not going to say Dylan Brooks because he's like a solid <laughs> role player, but, you know, they got a bunch of guys who can scrap, but they can't shoot. They were like 24th in the league in three-point shooting. The reason they win is because they are on the offensive glass and they just have more possessions than you do. So yeah. if you yeah. can control the offensive glass, which for the most part, the Warriors were able to do until that first six minute stretch in the fourth quarter when the Memphis in that, in the last game where they were able to come yeah. back, but you know, they were down by nine early and then they decided to start trying and you know, the game was pretty much over until the fourth quarter. So, you know, Warriors got their work cut out for them as long as they don't throw the ball all over the place. Like they did in the third quarter yeah. against the Lakers. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'd say that they're pretty much a lock to win. Um, yeah. unless there's a, you know, a good shooting performance from jaw or Dylan Brooks or Jaron, like or if one of them Jaren, goes off, yeah. it's going to be very difficult to keep up just because the Warriors don't have a lot of scorers. Like they have Steph but it, and that's yeah. kind of it. Like Draymond scored yeah, two yeah. points against the, against the <laughs> well, Wiggins, Wiggins had a good game. Well, Wiggins has Go been playing his 20. best basketball. I think he's been the most efficient and this is his most efficient and like best stretch of basketball since Ubre went down. Like you yeah. saw in the first in that first half against LeBron, where he locked down LeBron in the post. I mean, he had a great first half, and then kind of, I don't know. His, it I might be a focus thing. His, I would argue his second half was was also just as good. He yeah. just didn't have as much energy on offense because of all yeah. the effort he was expending on defense. Because he was still yeah. playing good defense on LeBron. He was. It wasn't like LeBron was like now all of a sudden making shots on Wiggins. Like he was still missing. Right. But and um, it's LeBron. Like well, he just yeah. started like running straight at people because he's like exactly six, six eight 250 250 and like man. he can do because if you were that, 
no other athlete can do. Yeah. If if you were, if you were his size, you would do that too. Like I wouldn't be taking threes. I would be just going to the hoop. Yeah. That's like 2K. Make a, make a crazy guy who can just dunk on everyone. And it's literally. Well, Well, speaking of video games though. Yeah. Speaking of video games, the baseball, the baseball season has been interesting. Yeah. Shohei. Shohei he being a, is a video freaking game. ridiculous. He is he's a video, video game, game character. Yeah. He's a creative you, you, know how, you know how like people are like, oh, Stephen Curry is like a video game, like like come to life during his MVP seasons. No, no, yeah. no. Like Curry was doing things like past a video game that you can never do in a video game. Shohei is exactly what you do in a video game. Leading the league in home runs, leading in ERA, or for his team at least, like he's just been absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I say the funniest part about all of this is that up until this year, like this edition of the MLB video game, you couldn't even be Shohei. There no. was no option yeah. to be a pitcher or a hitter. So yeah. everyone talks about like, oh, like he's putting up video game numbers, but he's putting them up as like two separate players, essentially. Like yeah. the yeah. video game numbers, you would have had to have done this with two different people, but he's always all of that in one person. And you know that yeah. he's causing a lot of buzz when like Stephen A., and Max Kellerman on first take are actually talking about baseball. Like That's that true, is something that never happens. You never see. And something you would even never see when they talk about baseball is them to be impassioned about it. That's something that is incredible for me to see as someone who's always liked baseball, because it seems like they kind of only give the juice to, you know, basketball and football and like the occasional fight or something, but right. see them giving the juice about like Shohei and having that actually generate buzz is very interesting to me because I think that, you know, ESPN, Stephen A, they're taking note. They're, they're seeing what's happening with baseball. I'm like, all right, people are watching this. Let's talk about this a little more. Let's, let's yeah. see what happens. See how these people like the content. And it seems like people do. But like that being said, also, it's just been a weird season. Like, Oh, I mean, in COVID definitely. COVID has done that. I, I'd say yeah. the beginning of the NBA season was like also just as weird. That's true. You know, once I think things will return to their normal, but I think there's just a lot of teams in baseball that people either underestimated or didn't properly look at before the season started. Like yeah. the Giants are the easy example just because they're the best team in baseball by record. And everyone was like, they're going to win 75 games. But, you know, you can look at teams like the Twins. They're the worst team in the league, and everyone thought that they'd be the best team in the Central. You know, you can look at teams like the yeah the Mets have kind of figured it out of late, but they haven't looked very good. And people thought they were genuine right. World Series contenders. Um, the Dodgers are really hurt, so I can't I can't say that they're not good. Yeah, but not a fair assessment. They're like a five hundred team as of now. They're hot of late, but they were pretty cold yeah. for I'd yeah. say three four weeks. Um, and then I think another reason why the season is so unpredictable is because people are, you know, the game's being played a little bit differently because the sure. whole play loud stuff is like finally happening. Like people are doing stuff that is exciting. So the games yeah, are definitely. more exciting. Um, sadly, there seems to be managers in positions <laughs> of high power <laughs> who are not in favor of these changes. Uh, namely, the 80-year-old Tony Larusa, manager of the Chicago White Sox, who came out of retirement after already being in the yep. Hall of Fame. 
to yeah. manage the White Sox for the first yeah. time since 1986. So for reference, I would say almost all of the Cubs, not the Cubs, the White Sox players were born when he managed the White Sox the last time. So yeah, yeah. he yeah. got upset that his his star player, one of the stars, Yerman Mercedes, I'd say in the running for best name and one of the best players in the league, um, hit a 3-0 47 mile per hour EFIS from a position player into orbit, just 440 feet. And first, discounting the fact that um, he even swung at that pitch or hit it out, the fact that you can hit a pitch that that, that, that is that slow, <laughs> 440 that slow. feet, <laughs> yeah, is impressive. genuinely impressive. Because that's when you impressive. Think about yeah. it, if the ball's being thrown 95 miles an hour, like you're going to get some of the velocity back from the pitch. But yeah. 47 is. Yeah. It's like practically not moving you. at that point. So if he's creating 80 extra miles per hour, like that's just an impressive swing. But the fact that his that's manager a, would a very impressive swing. Yeah, the fact that his manager would then go into a press conference after the game and be like, "Oh, he was disciplined. Uh, we don't we don't do that around here." And then defend the fact yeah. that he was thrown at the next game. Thrown yeah. at yeah, that Irwin was, was just, thrown behind. To me, and, that's the worst part. Yeah, and he said, like, I don't have a problem. Yeah, I don't have a problem with them throwing at my players. That's a fireable offense. He should get out of the dugout. If you haven't seen the CC Sabathia clip on this, please watch it because that's what my sentiment is. I just don't want to say it the way that he did because he did so so artfully (laughs) that I could not properly convey his message. Um, But it's, you know, for lack of a better term, it's just a very Bush League way to handle it. And you can't do that if you've been a manager for this long. I feel like him of all people yeah. would have known to protect his players. And it seems like yeah. he just doesn't give a single shit about <laughs> his players or yeah. Uh, yeah. anything like that. It's all about the archaic nature of the, respect the sacred of the 3-0 take. Yeah. Yeah. I well, mean, I think, and also uh, you can go, no, go for it, Bren. No, go for it, Bren. Okay. I mean, I was just going to say like the players, they get paid based off the numbers they put up. So, yeah. If like putting yourself in the perspective of the player, if you get a soft pitch on a 3 0 count, just if you can hit that out of the park, do it. Why not? Right. I mean, Mercedes is playing on a league minimum this year. He's 28 years old. Like he's 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 playing basically for his future and like for the future money. Why would you tell him not to try? You know what I mean? But like baseball is in a weird place right now where they're kind of they don't have an identity identity. They're kind of like in the middle of two, right? Because you have like the old regime of players who are like respect the game, but you have these new guys like Tatis and you know Mercedes who are just like let's have fun with the game, right? Like the game is meant to be played the way the game is meant to be played. Let's show emotion. Like Bauer has no problem with you know bat flips and all that, but he's like if if they can bat flip, let pitchers like pump their fists when they strike a guy out. You know what I mean? Like let's make baseball at least like have emotion in it. But there's like they're clashing way too much right now. I think in the middle, and they don't really have an identity. And I think it's got it's either going to go one way or the other. But I think it's better for the game to go like let them show emotion, let them Definitely. play. Like, why would you want your players to stop trying? I, I've never I've never understood that. Like, they have they're trying to make their own money and they're trying to do the best they can. Like, if you're if you're not playing to win, like, why why are you playing professional? Sports, yeah, you know. I mean, Just I'll say two, two final things on this topic. I think number one, the most indicative thing about where the game is going was the fact that MLB immediately posted the Yerman home run on social media. No thought about it. 
They said, this is a bomb off of a 47 mile per hour pitch. This is a highlight. They didn't delay it. They didn't say any sort of weird caption about, you know, it's, it was a 15 to four game and German Mercedes decided to hit a home run. How despicable, you know, I didn't see the reaction from a lot of players as, you know, this is horrible for the game. You know, I can't believe he did this. And I also think that the old guard for the most part is just managers. There are no, I can't say I've seen a lot of players that are like, oh, that was so disrespectful. And even I think the Duffy, Duffy guy who threw it, uh, Tyler Duffy on the twins. Uh, there's been history of the twins just telling their pitchers to throw at people. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah. a Phil Hughes clip on the Pardon My Take podcast with Barstool where he said that the manager just told him, all right, you have to hit this guy when you come into the game. And he missed twice and got tossed. So yeah. that could have just been directed from the manager or from somebody higher up in the organization or, you know, somebody on the team. So this is all to say that I really do not think that any player cares that someone's hitting a 3-0 no. nuke yeah. in a 15-4 to yeah. game. Because right. the fact that you put a position player on the mound means you already didn't care about the outcome. You've already so, conceded. If you're putting a position player on the on the mound, I mean, you've already like said, okay, we're we're gonna we're gonna give up here and we're gonna let them, you know, hit off of our position player. I just don't I don't see the point of getting angry about it. Exactly. Yeah, you've the conceded. La, the Larusa final thing that he said on it was, I think someone asked him in a in a press conference, "What are you doing the next time there's a position player on the mound?" Because now you know it's like, what is he gonna do? Because he's obviously pissed. Yeah. That you swing, just let him strike you out. Like, yeah, no. So his yeah, thought exactly. was, all right, if they put a position player on the mound, I'm gonna just send pitchers to the plate. That was his See, response. But that's again, the if, if baseball weirdest... wants to, well, if baseball is like really worried about, you know, their fan base, like if they want to attract more fans, like the NBA or like compete with these other leagues, like make the game more fun. Like, everyone loves to see bat flips and these kind of like crushed home runs and like it's a social media like powerhouse now is it's social media drives sports right so if if you're going to post this on your social media immediately and see the reaction and like have a positive reaction to it why wouldn't you want that more i don't understand why you would hold that back and like it, it just seems it seems such like backwards thinking in terms of like you gotta you gotta move with the times and if you're not moving with yeah. the times you're falling behind so yeah, I no, take I issue with it. I think you should be fired. <laughs> like, well, well baseball is also looking to grow the game, attract a younger audience. I mean, just strictly speaking from my own personal experience living in San Diego, like my whole life, you really didn't see that much Padres stuff until now with Fernando Tatis, just how exciting the Padres are. Like during the Slam Diego stuff, everywhere you go here, you see Padres stuff now. Like yeah. Tatis... There are murals of him just like painted throughout San Diego. Like the entire city is so excited about having Tatis and the Padres now. Whereas before, like you'd only see Tony Gwynn stuff. That's it. Yeah. I mean, the thing that's super interesting to me about Tatis and we could talk for so long about this is that he's never played a full season yet. He's already being treated as if this, like uh, this baseball savior, that's cool. Like he's incredibly yeah. good. Don't get me wrong, but you yeah. know, he has like very, not good injury history. So I'm right. now Definitely more concerned not. that, you know, he could become like the alternate Steph Curry 
timeline where his ankle <laughs> issues never subsided issues. and he yeah. was never able to become the Steph that he was and like make the game of basketball at its height, like so commercially viable. So yeah. I'm but, just excited to see what, uh, what type of dumb shit Tony LaRusso does next. Cause he already got the DUI before he got hired. Yeah, it's yeah, true. He's already doing this in uh, May and the season doesn't end until September. So it's, it's a long season. It's going to be a long season for the White Sox and like Tim Anderson coming out and like defending Yerman. They're so it's, good too. It, that's the craziest part. They're the best team. That's, yeah. that's the insane part. They're a good team. Like they're a very good team, but yeah, we're, we're going to see the impact of this and how that plays out, I guess. I am excited and disappointed at the very same time. <laughs> yeah. All right, Brandon, hit us with the hit us with your betting picks, and then we can. So, wrap up. really, right now, all I have is one lock. So this is for tomorrow. I say you should take the Vegas Golden Knights minus one twenty money line against the Minnesota Wild in Minnesota. So this is obviously for the Stanley Cup playoffs, which is arguably the best playoffs in all of sports. But the Golden Knights have won their last two games against the Wild, three to one and five to two. And last game, they actually outshot the Wild 40 to 16. And the Golden Knights have been perfect on the penalty kill throughout this series. And special teams in hockey, very important when it comes to the playoffs and these close games. So I really think you should take the Golden Knights against the Wild. Except Matt and Andrew, you guys actually placed some, some bets on the playing game tonight i heard yeah, yeah the warriors I lost, I lost my betting virginity tonight and uh, <laughs> so did i <laughs> hopefully it is uh it is a positive experience because as soon as you get into the red it's probably very hard to get back in the green um yeah but my bet sadly first the first one i wanted actually got removed because i think that it, they realized that it was too easy of a bet and the odds were <laughs> too good um but i have steph if I'm remembering correctly, Steph to score more than 40, Draymond to have more than 10 rebounds and more than 10 assists. Uh, the original bet was that plus the Warriors to win at way better odds, but I'm hoping that my $3 yeah. can turn into $21. So, yeah, that is to say, that is to say we're not betting like hundreds of dollars. We're it's like no. it's like two and three dollar bets, first of all. Also, we're but, yeah. we're also not we're, betting if anyone's asking because we are not in states where it is legal. This is all purely That's hypothetical. True. That is hypothetical. True. Hypothetical. Um, I would be betting two dollars on each of the teams having twenty six points, uh, twenty six plus points in each quarter, which I think is a very doable thing for the Warriors and the Grizzlies. Uh, it's plus twelve hundred, so felt like you know that's probably a very safe bet considering the two teams that are that are playing each other in a playoff mentality. So yeah. I think the game will be exciting tonight. Hopefully you guys are listening to this before the game happens. Little yep. little pre-game listening, maybe even viewing on our YouTube channel. You know, we got you know, lots you of ways to. to consume. Uh, we'll put some clips up as well uh, on our Instagram. All the links will be uh, in our link tree, which I think is on the Spotify page. But we're excited to keep putting stuff out. Um, I would say that we anticipate our next episode to come out on Sunday, the 24th of May. So yep. look out for that in your, in your Spotify. Um, and we're excited to maybe get some guests on here and talk about some other stuff. You know, we love sports. Sports are great. But 
so much more to life than just sports. It's not. It's not all and about being sports, unemployed. Man. Yeah, exactly. We can talk so much more about <laughs> about you know, being my, unemployed. <laughs> my job spreadsheet that we can just go through. Ooh. You know, give a I, give some scouting grades. We're always open to suggestions. So I think I think everyone who's listening should definitely let us know if you want Matt to release his job spreadsheet. Yeah, I will. I'm happy to go through that uh, and screen share that on the next pod. I think that. We'll see a lot of red on it, sadly. Well, um, <laughs> yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, what are you going to do? As they say in the Sopranos, you know, life sometimes just, you know, treats treats you poorly. Um, are, are we going to end every true. week on a Sopranos quote? Is that? Oh, I mean, <laughs> don't tempt me. Do not tempt me. I feel like we There's could. so many good we ones. Could. Exactly. That's what I mean. Hey, we're all any, applicable. We got to have an executive meeting to talk about that. Uh, we got to see if there's any copyright issues. But uh, we thank you for listening to episode two. Yeah. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the advertisement in the beginning. If you got it, if you don't have a podcast, make one on Anchor.fm. And uh, we'll catch you guys on Sunday. Yeah. Talk to you guys on Sunday. So thank you for listening. Good. Thanks for listening.